Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for this year's Masters preview episode. It's one of the biggest episodes that we do every year, and people love tuning in, and we love you tuning in wherever you are around Australia, around the world. Um, the music's playing. There it is. And the full accompaniment of the uh, My Love of Golf team are back on board. Yes, of course, we've got Rocket back. I know you've been waiting. Thanks for all the messages. Where is Rocket? Where did he go? When is he coming back? Is he coming back? Well, we brought the man back in for uh, tonight's episode. Not sure if we'll do a cut pod. I'll leave that to the two gurus of uh, the the Mile of Golf podcast Masters preview team to uh, discuss. But uh, let's bring the gents in. Uh, gentlemen, good evening. Welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, that intro, um, you know when you start something and you realise that it's not going right and you have to pull out but it's too late to pull out and you just got to, that was sort of what that was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, would you agree? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I didn't know who you were talking to then for a second. <laughs> I'm talking to both There's of three you. people this week, mate. You gotta, you're going to have to. <laughs> I'm talking to, well, you, you know Rocket doesn't talk until he hears this. There you go, he's headbanging. Uh, Rocket, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. We've missed you on behalf of uh, ourselves, on behalf of everyone who tunes in and has asked where you are. We've missed you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's good to be back. Well, thank you very much for coming back. Uh, look, you you took a, a sidestep uh, out of the um, co-driver's seat. Turn your music off. Uh, out of the co-driver's seat towards the end of last year because... You know, as we've seen, and uh, for those of you that follow Rocket on his um, socials and whatever, you've seen him travelling around the world. Think last seen in Bangalore in the uh, subcontinent. So he's taken on a bigger role in keeping the world safe in the cybersecurity uh, space, um, which is uh, somewhat. Someone told me it's really important stuff at the moment. So um, that's why Rocket sort of took a bit of a sidewards move and just uh, took a an advisory role, if you could say that, um, to the to the team. Uh, but he's back today because it's Masters Week and everyone's up for Masters Week. Uh, <laughs> Any anything to report out there in uh, the Rockets world of golf, uh, the Rockets world of cybersecurity, or yeah, triplets? So I'm sure the people want to know how the triplets are going with their golf journey. How are they going? Now they're doing really well. And and if anyone does watch the YouTube, or you know, the, the question you asked me at the start was, you've got a lot of my love of golf backgrounds. Like I've got a background. I've got my hat on. I've got my got my shirt on as well. No, we're all representing, um, all representing uh, tonight. Yeah, but as an independent contractor, I'm still contractually obliged to wear the uh, the merchandise. <laughs> um, well. You know, there is, there is, we might have to, if I had a little music, uh, a little button there for a bing, I might ring it every time that there's an anti-lift <laughs> comment. That's that's the first one. Bing. That's uh, that's why when you asked me at the start of the show, before we started recording, I didn't give you an answer because I was lining that one up. Right. <laughs> um, very good. Uh, yes. Well, it's good to see they're in the, um, the mile of golf. Uh, Mike, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, getting better, not a hundred percent yet, but uh, working way, the way back. Okay, uh, great. So, where do we start with the Masters Week preview episode? We want to cover off a bit of last week, sure. Um, surely, first up, yeah. Oh, You're no. not going to get a lot out of me because I don't watch a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, Corey Connors, Valero Open. Uh, Mike, how'd you go with watching Corey Connors uh, pick up another Valero? Is, is he the one, another Valero Open specialist? Uh, who, was the, who was the other? It was Australian was a Valero Open specialist, wasn't he? Big. Um, um, uh, you're thinking of Matt Jones. No, I'm not thinking of Matt Jones. The, um, he had all the talent in the world. Dark hair fella. Pretty sure it was a Valero Open, Texas Valero Open that he was good at. Um, I'll come back to his name. Anyway. Okay. No, we talked Charlie Hoffman last week was the one we talked about that that has printed cash here for a long time. But yeah, no, it's uh Corey Connors has second win here, second win I think on the PGA Tour and second win here. Um, he was in the four people we talked about last week. We had Corey Connors, Matt Kucha, uh, Ricky Fowler, and there was one other one, Chris Kirk. I think we, we gave up four names, and they all finished top 10, including the winner. So we were right around the mark, which is good coming into the first major of the year. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a game, one of those weeks where I was probably playing a bit tougher early doors. I think people were, um, the score-wise, it wasn't anyone going too crazy. I think 60, maybe 64 um, round one, and then it sort of all pegged back post that. There's a couple of guys that were shooting a little bit, not quite as deep as that. So to hold them to sort of the mid-teens was was probably a pretty good result for how tough the course was playing early. Um, Connors won it. Uh, he did did it, you know, I'll say pretty comfortably. He only won by a shot. But I think at, at any given stage, I don't think anyone really was concerned about Sam Stevens or Ryder winning. I think probably Matt Kuchar, like a lot, me, a lot of people had picked him in Teepster and were pretty keen on seeing him win. Um, but yeah, Corey Connors won and punched um or he got the last ticket in i think he was probably already in the masters at that point anyway but he was uh the man that stolen anyone else's hopes of winning a last spot into the masters uh in the teep star we had three people pick the winner um lewis h who's already been up the pointy end of the leaderboard in the overall level f neb so ben picked the winner and joe Ptolemyo last year who was doing very very well joe and i think he's doing well in, in the overall Teeps the competition, but he's, he's um, got the winner there for the My Love of Golf comp. Um, in the overall top five, which we always do, number five is Tish, who's uh, still sitting around 7.9. Trout is at 7.9. Third, golfing tattooist in 8 million, just over 8.1. 8, 8 Lewis H has just cracked the $10 million, and about 300K ahead of him in top spot is still Sean D. So Sean D, $10.35 million. Uh, Ross, you are the next best. You are seventh position in seven point six million. Same as last uh, week. Same as last week. Did you not? Did your guy not make the cut? <laughs> no, you had Fowler last week. No. Well, there's a story in itself. Uh, I'm sure you want to hear it. I've gone through the whole tapes to week going. I've picked Ricky Fowler. I've picked Ricky Fowler. I've picked Ricky Fowler. Fantastic. You know, Ricky Fowler finishes tenth. Great. Couple of hundred thousand bucks. Accumulating effect. Yeah, that's good. Yep. I uh, picked Ryan Fox. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, Ryan Fox was one of the ones he liked. Um, well, 35th and 39th, Rocket and myself, uh, 3.6 million and 4 million. So we're just biding our time ready for the if big If Liv ones. come up with a teepster, I might I might jump. I'm, I'll be tempted the way I perform on, on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, uh, well, I'm sure they could probably put him in. I mean, it really ruined the balance of the, the PGA Tour funds for the picking the winner of the – of the Valero Texas Open versus the... Oh, no. It's like they had one and they want to pay me a lot of money to go onto their tipping event because isn't oh, yeah. that what they do? Like, if you're, like, outside of, like, the top 10... Yeah, just, just money, jump ship. You just, exactly. just buy in your name. That's it. Um, so that was it. That was that was the Valero. Um, we, did, we did say we're going to try and get through some of the backlog of last week because this week's probably the more important one. Yeah, well, just quickly... Um, 
So I was down at the National for a couple of stints on the weekend. Uh, it was the season ender down there for the Australian PGA Tour. Uh, as most of you that follow along, I've been a little bit closer to some of the players in that scene just through the work with the uh, full swing kit and all that sort of thing. Uh, thanks to the chaps that have um, invested in their game by investing in a full swing kit. That's uh, Daniel Gale and Jay McKenzie and uh, Lawrence Curtis and... Uh, and uh, Chris Wood up there in Queensland, who finished 14th in the Order of Merit. Um, but I was down there sort of showing Chris Wood the the, the um, full swing kit. Friday, had a look around, great, good. Obviously keeping an eye on Tommy Power Horan, uh, podcast favourite. Uh, come, Sunday comes around, tees off, he's in looking good. And uh, he got to the hole in one. I saw the hole in one. I thought, no, that's it. I can't hang around here. I've got to get down there. And if there's any chance he's going to win, I've got to be there. And, uh, and be there I was. Not to the pleasure of you, Mike, it would appear. No, I'm quite happy for you to see Tom, Tom Power Horn win. Well, you, you weren't happy. My, 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 problem with, my problem is with your back-to-back uh, -back tipping winners or calling winners um, as live chances in the run. We don't do that. As you don't do that. Okay. You, you can you can spruik who you think is going to win beforehand. Mm. You can congratulate winners post, but you don't comment on this person. Uh, this person's going to win when the, when it's not over because that is guaranteed to put the mods on them. And uh, you you saw it live because you said Tom Powerhorn is going to win, and I said don't say that because I've got an investment in him this weekend. And then what did ben. you back it up with? You go. Well, John Lyris is probably the one that you need to watch. So what happened, Ross? John Lyris made a charge, didn't he? Yeah, you, that, that, that is direct correlation to, to you. <laughs> you think it doesn't make a difference, and it doesn't. But it does. The universe works in mysterious <laughs> it just ways. Does. I'm all for that. And, uh, I, Mike, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I'm, I apologise for um, putting you into that stressful position where, you know, you were threatening. I was standing beside the green. He was, he was wanting to send me an invoice. I was down there, wait, you know, getting ready to cheer on. He says, I'm going to send you an invoice for the, what I'm going to lose here. And for last week, I'm doubling up on you. But um, thank well, you. The, the John Lawrence one did hurt a lot two, two weeks, three weeks ago. Uh, John Lawrence is going to win something. So stick with John Lawrence because he, nah. he is a... You know when you see someone getting around and you just like the cut of his jib, if, to use a, an old term, um, John Lawrence certainly fits that mould. He's fit, he's athletic, he presents well, he talks well, he's always smiling. Yeah, he's had a couple of near misses recently, so but you know he's walked off those greens and he's been smiling as much as it's been hurting him. He will he will win, and he's obviously got his Asian tour card. He gets into uh, final stage corn ferry with his. Top five in the order of merit, so he will go. But Tom, it was all about Tommy Powerhorn. I went down there as soon as I saw him, had a hole in mine. I got my gear ready, went down there, and I uh, didn't go out and follow. I just stayed, watched a few come through the 18th green. National looked fantastic, and um, it was yeah. What unfolded was just you know this is what happened. I could see him coming up the 18th, and he had his sister, his partner, his mum, his dad, and some of his mum and dad's um, Scottish friends. So Tom Powerhorn's parents are Irish, as we've discovered as we got to know him uh, the Scottish friends came up and I, the sister, his sister and his partner were wearing the same colour shirt so Tom's big on this emerald green and I said must be the Power Horn clan and this, you know, his sister stopped and had a look and who are you and I said oh, you know, it's just me um, and his mum came up and his mum was really nervous and I had my little lucky uh, little lucky um, uh, Seamus Golf Shamrock uh, ball marker, brass one I took it down with me and I gave it to her and she stood there and rubbed it 
for all life. She said, thanks very much. You know, Irish, the, the Irish and the Scots are very superstitious like that. And she stood there and rubbed my little Seamus ball marker. Hang on. Very <laughs> superstitious. Hey? Not superstitious. Did you go and get, answer this question, yeah. after the hole in one, did you go to the car and get your camera and everything else in hope of celebrating with Tom, up Tom Power and Hor, Power Horn win? Well, I don't go in. I don't never go to a golf course without my camera. So that's no, 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 no. But you, you, you didn't have it with you. Like you went and grabbed the stuff in case he won. I, no, I jumped. I left here. I got in the car and drove down there, and I took a camera with me because I wanted to take. Did you had it with you when he had the hole in one, or did you go and get stuff prepared, or did you go back? Do no, you know I, what I mean? I was yeah, I was here. Yeah, at home. Ah, I, I'd, gotcha. I'd whippersnipped the edges. God, hang on a minute. So you were at home watching it and went down in case of him winning. Absolutely. Oh, if I'd known that, I would have put a bullet in you. That would have, that is like, but you <laughs> want to talk jinx. about superstition. That Double is, jinx. you want to talk about someone tempting fate. Well, I think this bloke might win. So not only am I going to sit here and shut up and hope he does, I'm going to go down there. God, I would have killed you if he'd lost, honestly. Oh, absolutely. If you told me this story on Sunday, I would have been ropeable. Oh, oh well. And then, and then the irony is he's carrying around a marker. I'm carrying around the superstition. And then he's, argue, he's yeah. arguing that we're not about us saying, talking about betting superstition. I had a bet on a horse and he jumped out of the barrier really well. So I went down to the finish line to congratulate the jockey when he crossed the line. Mate, and then the jockey didn't didn't cross the line first. And I don't know why that happened. It, I I think <laughs> I did a great thing you know, in handing that little marker to Mrs. Powerhorn and, and said, look, Esther, hold on to that and give it a rub because, you know, it's it's lucky. And she just No, I great. get that bit. That, that is good. I do I don't don't disagree with that. But geez, you're tempting the punting gods there. You really you really are. Anyway, that's all right. I'm surprised you didn't know that I was there because I got on TV. No, I, I was um I was I was not I was in bed. <laughs> So I was in not good shape on the way. I was asleep all day. Uh, our good friend, uh, another good friend of the podcast, Paul McLean, uh, texted me. He said, is there anything that you won't do for an extra bit of coverage? I said, <laughs> and they, obviously, Tom came off the green, a few handshakes, he did the champagne and whatever else, and he came by and, yeah, he sort of caught my eye and I went across and gave him a big hug and I said, mate, it was a great win. And uh, the cameras were trained on him as he walked from there to the clubhouse and uh, and they obviously picked me up, gave him a hug and, Paul screenshot and said, is there anything that you will not do to get a bit of extra coverage? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then he goes on TV. Anyway, okay. it, it was but good, good job, Tom. Yeah, well good. done. Very, very well done. Very Demi, proud of him. Demi Papadados uh, gave us all a bit of a thrill by finishing second in a playoff mm. in the Corn Ferry Tour. So First start. First yeah. start in the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, second playoff hole. Yeah. Yeah, he probably should have won it in regulation. Hard the par five in 18th. Uh, makes birdie there, he wins it. Uh, instead, playoff hole, uh, both birdie it first time around and second time around, uh, Ben Coles and he both missed the green just off to the left-hand side. Both chipped on, I would say Ben to about 11 feet, 10 feet and Dimmy to about eight. Uh, ben rolled in the bird and, and Dimmy rolled over the corner and that was it. Do we know, so, how, do we know how Dimmy got on into that event? Was it? Was it an invite know. or anything? I should have. I should have. Not asked sure. Yeah. Not sure. Uh, oh, he didn't. He didn't qualify in. I know that he flew in from Melbourne to uh, to play. I don't know whether he had some sort of um, status from somewhere from one of his Asian Asian Euro Tour events. 
Well, I don't think it's the last time we'll see uh, Demi Papadados at the pointy end of a field somewhere around the world in the, in the near future. He's too good a golfer. He's you know just doesn't miss too much and. Uh, uh, so it was good for Dimmy, but uh, near miss, but uh, not quite good enough. But he certainly put his name on the lips of all of the uh, golfing public in the state side, so which is great. Uh, had the An the Anwar Anwar or Anwar Anwar the I'm going to go with Anwar the Anwar um, at uh, obviously Augusta Augusta National Women's uh, Amateur. Uh, uh, Rose Zhang Rose Zhang picked that up. Uh, how many times has she won that now? Two or three? Is that Tammy Rocket? Do you know? No, I think it's only the, the first, first time. First time, yeah. First time. But she, yeah. but Rose Zhang is like a amateur golfing phenom is you not stanford stanford yeah. player yeah well she beat gabby ruffles in the final of the us Amateur ah, a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago yeah so so yeah that's true um oh and also the person you were thinking about for the texas flare up in steve the australian ba- with steve, the talent steve bowdish steve bowdish yeah Bado. yeah he won, did he win it twice or once no uh, once. maybe just once and okay. he's contended a few other times yeah, okay um uh, yeah, I, I got the bad bad a bit. I was trying to sit here and Google bad. I was bad and bad and bad each year, right? Um, Rosang. Um, don't know much about yeah. Rosang. I didn't see any of it. I can't. Um, apologies uh, if it was Super on. Super talent. Yeah. Mm, no, I mean, they play the first two rounds at Champions Retreat. Yeah, Champions yeah. Retreat, um, where DB from Tour Junkies is a member. And they each he tore it apart, tore it apart 66 65. And then, yeah, they go to Augusta for the final round and, yeah, she shot four over and brought everyone back into it. And um, what's the girl's name? Who finished second? Jenny Bay. She um, she had a great a great final round, shot two under, tie up at nine and they went to playoff. And then, um, yeah, second playoff hole, Zhang won. So good luck to her. I, I saw in the highlights today of the Monday practice round at Augusta, uh, Tiger was there chipping him. Putting and he turned around and walked over to the crowd and there she was, Rose Zhang, sitting there with her, one of her um, Stanford teammates and shakes hands and people are in there looking over going, who, who is Tiger going? And so, you know, talk to them. Congratulating her, just sitting in the front row, which is, yeah, pretty good to see. Had a dad on the bag. There was a bit of conjecture about having a dad on the bag, which wasn't part of the plan there, and got a dad on the bag for the, the round at Augusta instead of taking a local caddy and had a bit of a blow-up on led to believe. Did you hear I it? thought she was – I thought she was – Going to go with a – she must have changed her mind because I saw something that was reporting she was going to go with a one of the Augusta caddies and just anyone really. So as I say, I didn't I didn't hear I didn't I only heard it on another podcast. But uh, yeah, and that was when she sort of come there's a, a reason she shot seventy six. Come a little bit unstuck and dump one in the water on I think fifteen. Um, so it's, yeah, but there was I think it was quite animated um, by all accounts. Um, but yeah, anyway, stick to your plans, golfers. Stick, if you've got a plan, stick to it. Uh, okay, and uh, and then we had uh, Rocket. Do you want to take the lead on the uh, live discussion and with uh, your boy Brooks uh, claiming his second victory on the live tour, Orlando? You want, you want to lead off with that? You would have been all over that, yeah. Silence, crickets. No? Sorry, did your internet drop out or something? You can you can hear that, uh, Mike uh, Brooks. Uh, Brooks won the individual. Brooks won the individual 54-hole event, uh, no-cut uh, event at Live Orlando, uh, going up, uh, not up against anything, up against the Valero, but the week before for the Live players to sharpen yeah. up. And then uh, Torquay, Torquay picked up the team. The team, oh, the team here, team, team that you can keep. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, the, the only, I mean, I did find it interesting that Brooks turned up and won, which is good. Um, good for him. Hopefully, maybe he turns it into something this week. I'm not going to be... Uh, Counting on it, though, probably the one that I found most interesting, and I didn't watch a second of this event, though, was when I was scrolling down the leaderboard, 
was a name that I did not expect to see there, and that was Andy Ogletree. I didn't think he was going to... I didn't think he had any interest in continuing on with the live stuff. I thought after he got the boot, he was going to try and go back and play on the Corn Ferry Tour or, or at least try and get his card, but that's clearly not going to happen because now he he's pretty much going to have at least another two-year ban, I'm guessing, if he's continuing to play on. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting decision. Was he a sub? Did he, did he sub? Was he like taking Wade's place as a sub? Because Wade was back in Melbourne. Maybe. Uh, Adelaide, maybe. Sorry. Was he a sub? Don't, don't know. I mean, he's finished 43rd or 48. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get some coin. Um but yeah, I mean, he's obviously done quite well on the Asian tour this year. Um, he's got one or two wins. But yeah, I don't know. I just found that a bit a bit weird. But I mean, not 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 because I'm he can do what he likes. Like he can he can play live or play live. But I just I found it weird that he sort of made it almost clear that that probably wasn't going to be for him. But now it clearly is. So yeah, good luck to him. Poor old Rocky's just sitting there shaking his head. Andy Ogletree was one of his favourites at once upon a time back in the day. Oh. Not really. Nah. He was he was sort of one of the. Early discovery type, you know, in that, yeah, no, nah. no, nah, but he popped up somewhere along the journey before. Oh, we he did. won the US amateur, and that's about it, yeah, okay. But he popped up in the conversation before Liv existed, and and he's sitting, he's Locker's just sitting there shaking his head. He just uh, he's turned off, he's got he's on mute for the live discussion, anyway. Um, Rocket, it's time to talk to Masters, so this is what we're really here for. It's the Masters preview. Uh, this is where you fire up, I can see the blood coming back to your head, <laughs> ready to go. Um, well. Uh, Masters week, Mike. What does it mean to you? What What does Masters mean for you? Um, what does it mean to me? I being someone who picked up. I don't know if I told this story last year, but being someone that picked up golf quite late, my uh, Masters memories are uh, waking up as a child and my dad being awake watching golf on TV. So the little those things you remember as a kid, where I remember waking up, and I'm a little bit younger than Rock, Ross. I think Rock and I are pretty similar age. Not miles, we're not, not miles apart, but mm-hmm. I remember like waking up in the morning as a kid, and and Dad had been up watching Australia too win the America's Cup, and I think my brain for the Masters goes back to waking up and walking upstairs and seeing Dad sitting down watching this very green looking golf tournament on TV, and that's where my brain goes to for the Masters. But, I mean, obviously, going in 2019. Well, would it have been on, like, the old TIAC box? Probably, you know, yeah. Wouldn't, the, the plywood outside. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it. The knob that you have to go turn the channel. Exactly. <laughs> what, 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 was the, what was the conversation like with you and your dad back then? Because your dad's not much of a golfer, is he? No, he loves it. He doesn't mind. He doesn't play. Um, but, I mean, he's a, he was he's a sparky. Well, he was a retired sparky now. But, I mean, he's, my introduction to golf was with him. So, he and his mates would go down to the local nine holer on a Friday, you know, three o'clock, knock off and go. And sometimes I'd be lucky enough to go on caddy, which meant I just walked around and they probably had a few cans and played nine holes and that was it. I still remember the first shot over hit was on, it's still my local now, was a little two wood from about 120 metres that one of them hit it in the creek on the left and one of them hit it in the trees on the right and one of them put it in the pot and I got the two wood and hit it and somehow it rolled up onto the green and all three of them fell on the ground. I've still got that two wood somewhere. But yeah, that that's golf for you know for dad. And yeah, I think it was probably back in the day when Norman was at his peak and um, you know, early, early mid eighties and I was, you know, probably nine, eight. That was it. Oh uh, well for me eighty six is my still longest serving memory for the Masters that's the most clear when uh, Jack uh, Nicholas won 
probably who, who did he steal it from in 1986 rocket this is where you get to draw go, go back into greg the, norman uh, greg norman of course uh go back into the almanac of uh, your golf knowledge uh, he looks greg happy norman, about it too. rocket looks very happy about it too um, <laughs> well you know based on how you know, the shark's been acting for the last five years i'm pretty sure i feel like the golfing gods actually knew yeah that's uh, <laughs> punished him in in advance uh so that for those that can't remember the 86 because as Michael already went down the ageism track uh, I'm pretty old um, so that's why I remember it so clearly but it's where uh, Jack Nicholas uh, you know with the McGregor response putter which was like a ping answer shaped putter but it was about 87 times the what, size. The Eureka Tower turned side on with a stick in it. Exactly uh, well one for Jack Nicholas uh, on the 16th where he birded it and did that famous pose that you know and he uh, 17. 17 sorry. Um, Hit the five iron in close to uh, 16. There you go. Under the hole. Thanks, Rocket. Um, and he had his, I think it was beige and red cardigan on thereabouts, which became sort of like every Tuesday. Yellow. Yellow cardigan? Yeah, yellow top. Can't remember the cardi. Um, well, whatever the, the beige and the cardi and the polo combo, it became like my dad's dress on Tuesdays and Thursdays for about <laughs> three years following. That was his Tuesday and Thursday attire. He will be listening. He'll probably got to hate me for that. Um, but, yeah, that's my early master's memory. And, you know, all of the other stuff is a bit of a – a blur, like remembering golf holes for me. I can remember them clearly, but I can't, I can't remember the years and the dates. And Rocket, that's where you come in. Um, you know, give us the quick soliloquy of uh, your master's memories that stick out. There's no quick soliloquy on master's memories that stick out. Well, There's lots of memories I don't stick think out. a soliloquy is necessary. Quick, so give us your dot points there. Or give, give us, give us your. Eighty six is the eighty six is the eighty six is the first one, and that's the that's the shark, right? So everyone knows that the shark is why I'm into this game, and you know he's ripped he's ripped the heart out of many of many young lad watching many TV early morning you know him leading into the final round or contending so we've lived and died by the sword of the shark for a very long time and especially the masters it was probably the most brutal of all time the 86 is the first one and the uh yeah that 86 was the year of the saturday slam where he held the lead into all four majors going into sunday and so uh, the 86 one, he had the lead still going in the back nine, makes double on 10, kind of flounders around and then goes on a bit of a birdie streak to get tied for the lead, comes up to the last and doesn't listen to his caddy and hits it into the crowd and doesn't even make the playoff. So, but then, you know, there's heaps of other highlights for me. The Masters is just like, I oh, know. I just get so excited. Yeah, you know, people could only just tell just in the Discord little things that just get me so excited. Like at eleven o'clock tonight, you know, a more suitable hour is you know on the range. So you get to listen to Bobby Clampett. I think Shane Bacon might be doing it as well. So it's like going to be two, three hours of them just talking while guys are just practicing. Like I nerd out on that. It's just insane. It is, and then it, you've it got the good. live from as well. It's like it's just there's so much stuff. Like it's so good. Like I just, I can't, I can't get enough. Literally, cannot get enough. Uh, what about in the modern era? What's your more prescient memories uh, and favourite memories of you know in the last 2010? 2010. All the villains. It's like all my all my heroes are villains. Um, twenty ten and Mickelson hitting the shot on thirteen out of the pine straw, and then you know even just hearing, I think it was on the. Uh, no laying up podcast that they did with Bones a few years ago when he was talking about that actual shot and the conversation they had like 
Yeah, it was awesome. Because the thing for that week, it was like Mickelson, he, he first time, um, because his wife had had breast cancer and his mum had breast cancer at the same time. So it was quite, we'll call it for the Mickelson family, it was quite emotional. And that back nine he played was just, that was special. That was really special stuff. That was his first Masters, is that right? No, nah, third. Third, sorry. Because it was 04, 06, 2010. Uh, the, and then, of course, 2019. You know, this 2019, that was when we first – that was our first Masters doing this, Roscoe, and that was where I, I picked Tiger. It did. Uh, in advance of anyone else in the world giving him a chance. So it was G-Rocket that really rode him home. Um, yeah. But 20, 20, Adam Scott's win for me was probably the one that I sort of remember watching and, and sort of being the most involved with. I, I, I sort of – yeah, he's now a villain, but uh, I was a bit of a Jose Maria Olathabal. I'm uh, not Olathabal. Um, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, who was the Cabrera? Cabrera. 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 Sorry, I was a big. I was like, he just got out of jail. Yeah, I know. That's he got why, out. That's why I became a villain. Yeah, he got out of jail, and he's been invited to the Champions Dinner. Oh, seriously? <laughs> he um, will not be there. <laughs> no, he. No, he's going to be there. They're not going to let him in the country, surely. No, no, he's going to be there. It's on tonight, isn't it? Their time. Yeah, I'm um, certain he's going to be there. I didn't. I didn't mind Cabrera. I also liked Jose Maria I liked all the Spanish players. Once again, going back to my dad, who was a big Sevi fan, and sort of Mondays and Wednesdays was the blue Sevi Slazenger outfits that he used to sort of top and tail dovetail with the the Jack Nicholas outfits. Um, so you know, I did not want him to win. I wanted Adam to win. But uh, um, yeah, that was. I think that was. A great moment for Australian golf. It was before I was in the golf industry. I was in the car industry, and I remember, you know, sort of having to make the decision to have to leave here early and go across there, and then watch it in the cafeteria with, you know, there's about 400 people out there in this and head offices. Maybe six of us standing in the cafeteria just cheering Adam on. Um, uh, which is a great segue. Uh, Mike, no, you go. I'll, I'll come back to my segue. Uh, Mike, what was your what's your favourite modern sort of moment in the Masters? Uh. Standing on the side of sixteen in twenty nineteen Masters. Oh, have you been to the? Oh, have you been to the Masters? Right, that, you're one of those. That, that guys. was pretty good. Oh, um, you're one of those guys that likes to. Have you changed your social media profiles and put your photo? No, you, no. no oh, you no. should be. We're we're no. proud. No, well, yeah, no, it's yeah that that I've, I'm sure I told the story last year, but um. You can tell yeah, it again. That's the Masters. You relive you relive the Masters history, so you can tell no, you can well, tell it as many times as you want. Well, we stood all day on the on the corner at thirteen, and literally could see down towards the the green on twelve, and we knew someone had hit it in the drink, but we couldn't see who because there's no screens, there's no there's no video, you don't have a phone, so you don't know what's going on. But it was a very weird someone had hit in the drink because it was a oh like a groan that someone's hit in the drink, but then it was almost like, ah, oh. I was like, oh, but someone's excited. And we didn't realize until we saw a red shirt walking across the bridge and two people walk into the drop zone that weren't Tiger that it was like, oh, hang on a minute. No, Tiger's on the green and everyone else is in the water. Um, so we saw that and then we saw him make his par and then we saw Tiger make birdie in front of us on the par five. We scurried over to the side of 15 uh, I'm pretty sure he made birdie there, and we're on. If you're looking at the green from the fairway, we're on the right side, and then he can duck behind the grandstand. So it's kind of all butted into each other in this little corner, like a little lake there. And we walked around the back of the grandstand. There's overhanging trees everywhere, and I mean, it's 
Is that behind, like to the right, to the right of the tower? If you're if you're standing on the tee looking at the green, there's a there's there's the um there's trees all on the right hand side of the green, and it's kind of like big canopies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're under the canopies, and um, you can see through to Tiger teeing off. You can't see the ball in flight because the canopy's above your head, and then you see down to the green, and across is the water, and then you've got all the chairs all perfectly lined up. And um, it's a it's tens of thousands of people like us, men and women, that are golfing nuts. And Tiger lets this ball go, and as it hits the deck, we're seeing it take the slope that it always takes and starts turning towards the hole. And the place, the electricity was ridiculous. People screaming for it to go in, and um, obviously it was close enough to go in, or quite close enough to be a, a birdie. And um, that was the minute when everyone looked at each other and went, Tiger Woods going to win the Masters. Like, he literally just needs to hit a good tee shot on 17 and 18, and this is over. Like, he's not going to get beat. Um, and thankfully, he did. So, yeah, we didn't get to see him on 18. Well, we saw him, you're talking 20 deep. You can't get close. You couldn't get close. So when it was down in the dip, we could see him, but you couldn't see really what was going on. And then we got to stand behind the green and uh, where he picked up Charlie and gave him his hug, and we could kind of just see that and then the chant, and that was it. So, yeah. That was it. It was good, you know. If you going to go to the Masters, if there, I was going to say, if there's you might one, want to say Tiger winning yeah, right up there. Yeah, if you want to be there, uh, there was one there. Um, well, I uh, now going on with the Adam um, uh, story, so you can see there. There's this month's Australian Golf Digest magazine uh, and the cover of the uh, shoot. Uh, the cover of um, the picture is Adam Scott reliving his. Uh, the moment that he sunk the putt with his uh, broomstick putter in one hand and his massive bicep flexing with his uh, left hand. Uh, that shoot was uh, undertaken at the Australian Open this year uh, under this, the underneath the awning at Cheltenham Golf Club. I was lucky enough to be there uh, and uh, participate in it and I, I got to listen to Evan Priest. Good uh, to see they've got a stylist in there too. He, he, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, yeah, don't, yeah. There's a story behind that. Um, so Evan Priest, and just run through a chat with Adam about all of those memories in his win. You know, it's obviously ten years since that happened. It seems like ten weeks, but it's ten years. Uh, the conversations that he was having with Stevie at the time, some of the shots that he played, uh, some of the conditions that he came up against, and it was just fascinating to stand there. I, I just got roped into uh, video cameraing it um, because I was there with my video camera from a other work just talk to ash buheim whatever and the golf digest guys who i know said can you help us out and just come and video this we've got the photographer set up so no i didn't take the photo if anyone asked um we've got the photographer just come and video it so you got an audio record and all that sort of thing it was and it was just awesome just to be a fly on the wall i got to, I actually got to touch adam scott by the way rocket i got to mic adam scott up and i got to slip my hand just inside the uh little lapel of his shirt and just you know might have got a chest hair or two on the fingers there. Um, marked him up and uh, and just that sounds silly. Uh, listen to him talk about all of those moments. So you can get that um, in this month's uh, issue. But this is going to be a double podcast week, maybe a triple podcast week. So we've got today's episode. So if you listen to this, and then a following episode coming where I talked to Brad Clifton, who's the editor in chief, who was the other person from Australian Golf Digest magazine, who was there. So we talk about that. We talk about this month's. Um, Golf Digest magazine, which is out now, and uh, all the other current stuff in Australian golf. So it's about an hour's worth of chat about uh, the whole shoot and Adam Scott and and um, Brad Clifton's recollection because he was there. So yeah, so that will follow this this episode. Then we've got that. So yeah, there you go.
It was great. Adam Scott, awesome. what, a, what a legend. Okay. I watched a replay yesterday. I hadn't watched it since last year, but um, yeah, it was so good to watch. Um, tipping competition. Uh, have we all? I, I did have a bit of drama getting signed up, but I believe that I am in, and I have loaded yep. in my team. You are in. I did see that. Um, Marketing Doc has has been kind enough to set up a fantasy competition, so anyone uh, can play. You just need to sign into the Masters website and pick your roster. Um, yeah, so you basically, I think you got to pick a past champ, um, top United States player, top international, and then a wild card. Um, so everyone's going to be picking their teams. Uh, so hopefully we can get some more people in. I'll share the stuff again tomorrow on Twitter. Maybe we can send it out on um, Instagram as well. Get as many people in there as we can, over and above the normal teeps to comp. Uh, so we got a prize for that, Mike, do we? We said we, we uh, did say we'd have a prize, didn't we? I don't know. Do you have a prize? I have a prize. I got a. Do we want to put the uh, tailor-made um, accoutrement pack up? So I've got a back tailor-made backpack, a couple of tailor-made hats, uh, t- some tailor-made um, sort of pocket uh, pocket wear, as in a divot repairer. Um, can we can we split it into two separate prizes? Mm-hmm. So one we can do a prize for this, and then do another prize just on Instagram for someone to pick the winner and the score or something like that. I don't. I only have one tailor-made backpack. Uh, we can still make. Some, oh, figure something. I've got out. some hat. I've got some. I've got more than one hat. Okay, we'll, we'll figure. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, okay, stay tuned for that. If you're listening and uh, waited on bated breath about the the announcement, um, the favourite holes to watch. That's that's always for me. Uh, being someone that does doesn't have that recall of the holes like you blokes do. Um, what what are your favourite holes to watch? What should everyone be watching for? What are some of the turning points? Where do you think that, you know, the the Masters can be won and lost um, in and around the Augusta uh, property? Rocket, go to you first because you're the you know the almanac on holes and you know every ball that's rolled into every race creek um, ever <laughs> you know, and whatever what number it was. Well, where it can be won and lost, that's actually a lot of that is in the front nine because it's like trying to get through there with a decent score. So holes three, four, five, three, four and five, because if you can go through there, even par or better, then, then you set yourself up actually three, four, five and three, four, five. Yeah. You could probably go six and seven as well. That's that kind of stretch. Cause that, that, that one I've seen plenty of, See plenty where they get off to a blazing start. They might birdie the first because they'll put the Sunday pin in a really good spot in the front where you can sort of get to it. And then, you know, second, usually tucked in that traditional Sunday back corner. So they might go birdie, birdie. You know, third is a, it's either potential birdie or it's a potential bogey depending on your strategy. And then, you you know, you, what they've done with the other holes. So if you go four, Four is really long par three, so you want to get out of there unscathed. Five is brutal now with that back tee. Six is still difficult because they stick it in that back right corner. So if you're not on that tier, you can got a difficult two putt. Is six the hole where the second shot is to the green that's elevated and the pin gets put on that back tier? Is that you know it's like a yeah? No, you're hitting down where you, that's the one where you got the crowd at the front yep. under the tee. So you're hitting downhill, but the yeah the green has got like. Two major sections, but one mm. real sort of small section, sort of back right, and that's where they'll put that Sunday pin. 
Mm. Um, and if you're a bit short, you can either be off the front of the green or you can be down the side slope and have like a 50-footer. So it's really those those sort of three holes. Seven is one of those interesting ones where if you get a good tee shot off, you could probably get to it because they'll usually stick the pin front right sort of in this little funnel spot. And then you try, if you get through there, because then you go, you've got eight, you know, and then you've got another stretch, eight, nine, 10, 11, before you get to Amen Corner or not 11 to start of Amen Corner anyway, 11, the second shot. But yeah, that, because like I've seen so many that have come guns blazing on the first three holes and then all of a sudden four, five, six, seven, and they've just come undone. I remember the, there was a Mickelson one from, Oh, I think it was like 2014. I think it might have been 2014. That was the Bubba Jordan Spieth one. And Mickelson came blazing in the first couple of holes. And then on the fourth hole, he carved it into the far left into the into the trees. And instead of taking a drop, he's tried to play it out. I think he ended up making it like a triple. So he went from being like three under after like three holes and made a triple and was never to be seen again. You know, so it's, yeah. And then the fifth hole is just brutal. Got to get a good tee shot away there. And that green's another one. You get it on the wrong spot. Same with six. Ugh, it's brutal. It's fair to say because we don't see as much of the front nine that no one knows as much about the front nine. But you know, clearly as you're articulating, it can be, you know, where you either sort of set it up for, for, for as a player. Yeah. Well, because, you know, it's the front nine. If you, get, if, you can, if you can score well on that front nine, like the back nine is where – you know, you probably the most birdie chances are going to be, you know, after after twelve, right? There's there's still a lot of chances there. It's more more eagle chances is the other thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get on runs on the back nine, where the front nine is one where even though it obviously doesn't get as much attention as the fr- as the the back nine, it can be it can destroy a lot of rounds. You but think- you've seen plenty that get through there. They, if they get through a couple under. Um, you know, you've got really good momentum coming into the into that back nine. So you'd have to think that when Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie were plotting out Augusta, knowing that what they're going to use it for, that they would be setting up that back nine to make or break the whole thing well, apart. Well, well the, the actual the nines were actually oh, the other right, way around. Right. So the back nine originally was the front nine. And that's how they – up until when did they play the back nine as a front nine, the front nine as a back nine? Uh, I think they changed it after the first year. Right. Of the Masters. Because, do you know any why? Is it because uh, – I don't, I, don't, I don't know the reason why. I guess you could flip that story either way, but, you know, just in, in sort of looking at it observationally now, you, you sort of – do you think it sets up better for having that sort of eagle opportunities on the par fives? and uh, Potentially. Uh, potentially. Because even some of the some of the holes were all a little on the back nine were a little bit different to what they were when they were first designed. Right, they're all going to have to play it as three shot as you know a couple of years anyway when they roll the ball back, eh? No, they'll ball be back. all playing as three. The, the men are only going to cop this week. I think they'll be all three shot holes anyway. To be honest, yeah, roll the ball, the ball back. Be rolling anyway. John Rahm and rolling the ball back. Oh my god, that guy's an idiot. Um, well, we won't go down roll, the roll the ball back. We touched on that the other week. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, roll, I'll you tell roll back. Rocket, this is your stage to have a rant. If you want to have a rant, if this, if you were winding up for a rant, you haven't had a rant for a while, Rocket's rant, go for it. The rollback. I cannot believe some of the players that are offended with the rollback. Like you listen to John Rahm, um, 
you know, you listen to JT, the, the, they're the people that actually would be, they would be, they would, it would be to their advantage <laughs> if the ball was rolled back. Like it's ridiculous. It's, I was diagnosed as celiac two weeks ago, so I have to roll back on the gluten. You know, rolling back 20 yards for a golf ball is, is not much at all. Uh, try being my age and, and rolling back 20 yards every year. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, but, but the you, thing you is, that it's just it. for them. Like, yeah, and they go, oh, you know, the, the, the amateurs won't be able to play equipment. No, you've just put the, put the shit balls on the, on the shelf, and if the amateurs want to buy the short ball, then they can go buy it. You, if you want to go play the professional equipment, you can. We had, we had that. I think they'll sell more golf balls because people will come and want like they want to play blades and they're, but they're an 18 handicap. Um, they'll want to play the pro ball because we don't care. Yeah, we literally don't care. We follow it, we follow brands. We're brand snobs, and and it won't matter what golf ball they're using. If the golf ball goes shorter, we are just worried about the product. We don't give two hoots about it because it's not going to affect us. And the thing is that the the people that they make the most money out of are us, and we're not actually going to be affected. So they should just lean into it and stop being idiots. And and Augusta, you know, like the thirteenth hole, it it makes me sick seeing where that damn tee is. Makes me sick. Up back up in the in oh, and you think about the money they spent to do that because they had to buy two holes at the back of Augusta Country Club. So I think they've spent, are we talking 10, 15 million bucks just for that tea? By all accounts, Augusta have endless amounts of money. Like they just have unbelievable. Yeah, but, but that's that, that's that's great yeah. for them. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. thing is, though, it's like every other course that, that wants yeah. to either host a tour event and stuff like yep. that. It's just. Um, anyway, the, okay, there's, your, there's, there's, there's your rant. Roll the ball back. Rockets in favour of rolling the ball back. It's not going to make one iota of difference to the amateur game. And uh, the players that can perform at length will still benefit. Um, it's just the courses that will come a little bit more more into play. As you, as you know, they won't, every course, there's every Golf course. Golf shots. Golfing the ball. Yeah. Every, co- every course can't buy two holes. And, uh, you know, the old course, we saw what happened to the old course. They can't keep putting tees back onto other parts of the property that doesn't uh, doesn't exist uh, anyway. Um, pro shop, Mike. What was the pro? What was the uh, you know the merch? What is the merch experience like? You know, how much did you drop? <laughs> how much? You, uh, look, you, you have no idea. Well, it's well, I then. Well, I'm asking. Can, even versus the Open Championship, which I know you know how big the merch event is there. Masters has it covered comfortably. It's frightening. Um, and they've got a new merch tent. A merch um, thing that opened about a year, two years ago, I think, Mike. So it's even bigger than when you would have been there. It's massive, and it's all in sort of sections. You've got like a little top shelf section up the top left hand side where you know your super premium, you know, cashmere sweater or whatever you want to get, and then you got your normal stuff down here. And but anything, anything you want, you need. Yeah, oh, you need a new master's leash for the dog and a dog bowl. Done. They're over there. Um, you know. T sets, um, anything you can think of, they make it in with a Masters logo on it. It's full, and I mean, and I, I I dropped, I would have dropped easily a thousand dollars in there comfortably, and I spent the least of the six blokes I was there with, and way way least. <laughs> a good friend of the podcast, uh, one of the Scottish cohort, uh, Rue McDonald, who is working in the media for um, European Tour, DP World Tour, so he's obviously got some stuff to do over there. Uh, he put a post up today. 
uh, I think he might have spent 963 pounds. Or yeah, so. <laughs> easy. Easy. Oh, easy. In, if you, you think, blink. You, you, yeah, and the people that were probably doing it, they would be prepared to put going in there and drop a heat because they're probably thinking, are they ever going to go back there again? Exactly, exactly. So they're like, I'm buying enough to get me through probably the next decade. I've got, I've got a polo shirt still in plastic in the cupboard. I've got, I've got stuff hidden in the background here that I bought. What made it worse for me was because I went in 2019 and 20, might have been 2020 or 21. It was one or the other. Because the Masters had no um, spectators there, they sent out a a, a link basically saying we're giving you access to the pro shop because you, you can't get access to the pro shop unless you're on site. And that's a bit, you get access because you came in last year, year before. Um, so you can put in an order and this is what, and the, the, the shipping was exorbitant. But yeah, I spent, Doc and I would have spent another, I don't know, five, 600 bucks on that. Had another <laughs> couple of polo shirt, the polo shirts. And I actually bought a gnome, Masters gnome. It was the best. Uh, so- I don't have a garden. I know. <laughs> Can you post a picture of that? Yeah, of course. Um, just send me a, send me a, on a send me a picture of it on a nice clean white background. I try and have I'll try and have some fun with it. Um, it's funny that yeah, you know, anyone that you know that goes to the masters, yeah, you know, it's always oh, can you get me a hat? Can you get me a bomber? Can you get me a divot repairer? Uh, Andy Ma was good enough to get me a hat. Uh, he he was my first ever hat. Uh, and Divot Marcus set. Um, he went across there because he won something with the uh, one of the golf media outlets, maybe uh, to be sent across there to cover for SEN or something like that. And um, we were playing a bit of golf at the time, and he brought back a hat. And this hat that I have on here, which is now my favourite hat, one of my favourite hats of the whole hat collection, which I counted the other day. There's 75 hats out there in the laundry. Uh, this is one of the favourites. It's a flex fit. It's got the high peak. It's the blue uh, Masters sort of emblazonment. And uh, Jamie Glazer got that. Uh, obviously, Jamie was there last year with uh, Lucas. Uh, Lucas not there this year by courtesy of finishing 51st and not 50th on the OWGR after the match play. Um, so um, he won't be there. But, um, yeah, so I won't be getting anything from the Masters this year. Um, is What are the best places to, to watch the tournament, in your opinions? Now, so I've been seeing the... Uh, Lounge room by myself. Lounge room by myself, <laughs> under a blankie, nice and early. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. Little, a wee cup of tea. Um, no, but you know, is is the app the best place to watch it? Is Fox Sports the best place to watch it? You know, I know Fox have got uh, the, the gift of golf, Braith and Astor across there covering it live with Paul Gow. Um, doing a great. In they'll be doing. Uh, I, I can only assume they're sort of crosses in between breaks in the uh whatever feed we get is is that the only place or is does the app offer other viewing opportunities or the master's website which probably you'd have to say is one of the better ones in sport yeah i think that the app still shows every shot so like if you're dead keen on watching jason day you can literally just open the app and click and it'll show you every shot every shot that he hit for the 18 holes in the morning if you're in bed like have the have the have the iPad handy. You got um, the main broadcast on the TV. Have yep. the app handy so you can yes. see what's going on. Hundred percent. I think they might even show featured groups on the on the on the iPad or the phone while you're sitting there watching the Foxtel TV feed something else. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, the app is extraordinary. 
So um, I got the KO one. So then we went on Apple TV. So I can <laughs> got the multi view, right? So when they have all of them, so you Amen Corner. I got Amen Corner in one tile. So I got the main broadcast, Amen Corner in one tile, uh, feature group on another one, uh, on the range in another one, and then I've got the app on the iPad. I don't have a big enough TV, but I'm with you. It's yeah, it's Disneyland this week. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you listen to this. Um, and many of you will, and thank you for all of the questions and, and bits of commentary that we do get uh, sent through. Uh, send us your master's setup. Send us your, you know, whether it's a pick of you on the lounge nice and early in the dark under a little blankie there or snuggled up on the on the couch with your kids or your loved one or your dog or whatever, um, send us a pick. Uh, I'd be interested to see what your uh, setup is. Are you multi-screening? You know, how are you watching it? Uh, where are you getting your information from? Uh, send us a pick. You know, might send you a dozen balls. Um for the best pick. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see that, share, sharing that stuff. And, of course, you're in the Discord. You can just send that in the Discord and we can probably send each other live updates. Um, if you want to join the Discord, no better time to join the Discord because oh. there's a lot of chit-chat going on in the Discord. Be uh, a lot from me. Yeah. I was going to say, there will be overnight. There'll be a lot of chat, chatter, chattering in there. Uh, Rocket's in there. Blakey's in there. We've got the we've got the the live camp and then the non live camp. Uh, it's 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 sport. Just listening to uh, all of that banter. I'll tell you that much. So it's worth jumping in. Uh, weather and impact. You might, you mentioned before, Mike. Um, you, you know you've been there. Yeah, what's I'd the, say what's yeah. the forecast. Forecast this year is no good. Yeah, it's going to be Thursday. They might get through a fair bit, but I'd say by the time we wake up Friday morning to watch the end of round one, there's um, predicted thunderstorms and a bit of hail, and the week's only getting worse from there. Friday is going to be chilly-ish, um, rain by around lunchtime, and then the weekend's going to be a joke. It's going to be a joke. Saturday is going to be pouring and uh, very, very cold, like twelve degrees. I think. To put it into context, I think Thursday is going to be about 28, 29, and Saturday is going to be 12. So it's going to be quite a difference come Saturday. Just, um, a, la- just a lazy day at Port Ferry. Ex- exactly, exactly. Um, and then Sunday is going to be a little bit warmer but still wet. So it's going to be uh, – I don't know whether it'll be a Monday finish, yeah, but, I'll, but I'll, there'll be a lot of uh, hold-ups, a lot of long rounds. They've only got 80 to get through, 85, and the card will probably be, what, 50? Um yeah, I I expect a very long week for a few players. So when you are doing your picks, I'd be looking to the ones that um, are a bit tougher than others. Yep. So Brooks, Brooks, Jason Day, sort of central. Oh, I, I'm more excited about Jason Day with the weather because it's 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 one. It's of course it's going to play long. Oh, it's just going to be ugh. and so because it's going to play long and wet. So short game is going to be really important because a lot of people are going to miss greens and some bad spots. And so um, the, just that putting the putting game is going to be right on. So And the stop start, I don't know, for some reason when Jason Day has played events where there's stop start or there's bad conditions, he somehow, or for some reason, even with that dodgy back, he, he contends. I don't know what it is, but he just contends. No, I and I was gonna say I haven't seen a lot of Jason Day, but you know, we obviously we follow his results and you know, we've seen the resurgence of Jason Day. And I saw a little bit on the various news clippings and whatever else that's come out today, because he was obviously playing a practice round with um Harrison Crow and Min Woo Lee. And um 
they were talking about his new swing, and we all know that he's been doing some work. Is, who's he with now? Is, is he who's he getting coached by? Do you know? Doesn't matter. No, I don't know. But whatever he's doing, his swing looks fantastic. Like before they said new swing, and I'd forgotten about new swing. I was just watched the action, and I thought that that's one of the best Jason Day moves that I've seen in a lot. Yeah, you know, seen, and um, it looks phenomenal. Like it just looks like a, a different swing, less, more fluid, less rigid. I don't know how what's the best way to describe it, but less violent. That's what his swing was before. It was it was yeah. quite violent. Yeah. So it's kind of it. It still looks like Jason Day. It's not dramatic, but the thing is, though, it's got emotion now where I think it means that he can sustain it, and he's not putting pressure on all the other parts of his back because his swing. Was really it was a, quite a violent action, yeah. Especially like, through the ball, really deliberate and uh, not, you're not going to say bunty, but yeah, it was a very deliberate strike at the ball. And now there seems to be a little release, and it just looks magnificent. So if, it's obviously working. Um, very excited about Jason Day. Uh, just on 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 that uh, practice round two with me and Willie, who obviously has been part of the mile of golf uh, pro am team and. And um, you can uh, go onto Drummer Golf YouTube and see an interview that I did with Harrison Crow at uh, 13th Beach. Uh, he was down there. We've caught up with Harrison Crow. Um, it's not a Drummer Golf staff shirt that Harrison Crow was wearing today. I had a, someone did ask me, is that is Harrison Crow wearing a Drummer Golf staff shirt? Now they asked that because I know that Harrison Crow works part time at a Drummer Golf store, and the shirt is essentially one of the shirts that is part of the Drummer Golf uniform. But it's his uh, Golf New South Wales state representative shirt, which is a light blue colour. No, it's not his Drummer Golf staff shirt. And a lot of people getting on the uh, Harrison Crow bandwagon because not bandwagon, that's not the right way, but he's getting a lot of publicity because of the Eric Anders Lang um, done vegan shot that's come back up uh, with three hundred million views on that uh, him. Oh, the one hitting over the um, pub. Uh, hitting over Octolonis, one of the oldest golf shops in the history of the game, um, hitting over Octolonis onto the 18th green at St Andrews um, and parring with the second ball. <laughs> it was, if you know, if you know, I don't claim to know Crow, I've spent a couple of hours in his in his um, company and, uh, you know, you can see, you can very much see him standing out on the footpath there in St Andrews knocking a ball and going, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, I'll do that. Give me a go. I'm um, shocked. I'm shocked he didn't get into trouble for that. Who, Eric or Harrison or both? Both. Yeah. Maybe they did. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, he's not wearing a drum golf shirt. No. Uh, Harrison, um, speaking of um, Aussie amateurs uh, in the field, do you, any, you know, do you th- is a make the cut a good takeaway for Harrison? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. If he makes, put it this way, if he makes the cut, mm. There's a, there's a high likelihood that he just finishes low amateur. Yep. Because not many make the cut. Yep. It's very rare. Well, good luck to you, Harrison. Minwoo, what do we think about Minwoo? We're getting into the point here now, I guess. You know, let's start talking about players and and who we and thoughts. You know, we've got obviously got the the live roster that are eighteen live players that are still qualified or have qualified for the um the Masters. So there's a little bit of you know the live sentiment that's whirling around but we've got all of the other uh, names that we need to talk about let's start with the Aussies Minwoo six was he six last year was it uh, another question, uh, yeah, good question. Uh, yeah well the, the question is Minwoo how's, Minwoo, he, gonna, how's uh, he gonna go where did he finish remind us where he finished last year because it was a reasonable performance I'm pretty sure he was it uh, was 
it was he finished uh 14th 14th sorry well, i don't know yeah that's right 14th because he was top 12 automatically qualify he didn't automatically qualify because he was 14th well, i don't think six then anyway, it doesn't matter six at the players yeah um min Wu, you know has he got the game to you know take it to the next level yeah top 10 are we top 10ing min Wu? Um, not top tanning. I think he can have a good week. I think that the poorer conditions and a bloke who's used to playing in, you know, Europe won't hurt him. But, um, yeah, not sure he's a top 10 option. Rocket? Okay. Nah, I wouldn't put him in the top 10. Is not with this, not with a stop start. He's already stopped start as it is when they're playing normal without any delays. He's just not consistent enough yet. Okay. And I think with his stop starts, if he gets momentum, I don't think he's going to regain it or maintain it when he comes out of a, any stoppage. That's going to be his biggest problem. Mentally, I think it's going to be his biggest challenge. I can't imagine that he wouldn't have played some stop start events in the past, but certainly I guess the guys that have been the there masters. Yeah, over the journey and for a longer period that have experienced it know how to handle themselves in that condition. and. At- and his problem is that, you know, when he makes a mistake, like it's ugly and this is the wrong course to make a mistake mm-hmm. and be ugly because it just gets really ugly. Okay. All right. So what do we, what do you forecast, uh, I mean, were for people that might want to, you know, have a top 20, top 10, top 20? Maybe top 20. Okay. Yeah. Take that. Uh, other Aussies in the field? Who we got? Let's go back to Jason Day. You know, there's a lot of talk around Jason Day. Is he genuine contender? Honestly, genuine contender? I actually think so. Yeah. His, for, his form for the last two months is really, really good. And we know his track record here. And I, I, he's played his way back in. So, and the conditions, because they're bad, I think is going to, that'll separate a lot of people. And I think... I actually think there's, yeah, there's there's some there's some there's something there that's going to come out, and I think he's a legit chance. I'm probably same same, but slightly different. I'm concerned about him only because I've got a bad back, and he had vertigo last time he was out playing at the match play, and that he's playing great golf. He's definitely back, and forget the last two. Oh, did he say? Did he have some vertigo? Mm. Oh, you beauty. <laughs> 2015, like 20, you think about all the issues that he had. 2015 at, at Chambers Bay, that was the vertigo that was rolling down the hill on the ninth. Yep. We had verti- he had vertigo at match play. He, 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 he nearly he finished in the top 10, I think, at the US Open, you know, nearly dying from all different, you know, ailments. He f- finished out of the playoff at the British Open, then wins the PGA. So the fact that he's got ailments, like oh, I think I, he had, I, am, I think I am, he had. Um, I am right on board now. I think he had um, pollen issues as well. Yeah, but he had yeah. definitely had pollen issues somewhere along the line. Perfect. Yeah, double, no, I'm doubling, I'm doubling they're, up. they're the things that concern me about him. I, I love Jason Day. He's my second favourite Aussie. Um, but I get concerned about a course that's going to be damp, stop start, three layers. Um, don't know. That's the only thing I hate about about him. Everything else stacks up, like you said, Rocket. He's in form. The fact that he's having lots of issues working. is great. Perfect. <laughs> twenty fifteen, he had heaps of issues. Is there, is, he had heaps of issues in twenty fifteen. I still remember him roll like 
that like buckling to his knees on the ninth down at Chambers Bay and then rolling down the Two hill. Rolly polies. Um, <laughs> there's no state in the data like um, bounce bounce back ability brackets ailments. Strokes gain uh, rolling. Strokes gain ailments. Um, He'd be right up there. He'd be right up there. Uh, let's go back to Adam for a second. I'll put the cover of the Golf Digest magazine back up um, and I'll digress back to the question that you had there about the stylist on the shoot there. No, there wasn't a stylist. Adam just came from playing you know, straight over a press conference. He had his name. That was the Navy Blue Day. But Rocket, none. This is for why, why did they grab those out of the pro shop? Because he lost his bag with all the beige, did it? The tanimal. <laughs> but he did have, if you remember back to the Australian Open, he might have had the, uh, it was like a, a version of the tan. So there was a bit of tanimal there. Um, tan jumper. And he's put it down there. And like, he put it down beside the chute. And he said, oh, I'll just leave that there. And and maybe, maybe you know, you might want to. We might want to use that because they love seeing it. So he was having a joke about, you know, his notoriety as the Tanimal. Um, Tanimal is a no laying up uh, term for Adam because he's braised over by and Bray and all that sort of thing, um, which makes me chuckle. But he did. He is aware of it, and he did put it down, saying we might just put, bring this uh, brown jumper out for a laugh. Um, so yeah. And the other thing there is in that shoot there, and we sort of talk about it in the interview. They, they said, you know, can you re- recreate that moment? And he he yells out, like he, he goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah. And like they said, yeah, a little bit more enthusiasm. And like he just yelled out this big guttural, F yeah. And it was like, it was like where did that come from? What what did what 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 just happened there? Like Adams has got F yeah, it was so good. He's tapped he's tapped back into the moment. That's what he's done. Um, so he, well, exactly right. That's exactly how you know if you listen to the interview with um, um, uh, Brad and myself, that's exactly what we sort of refer to. But uh, Adam Scott, so that leads back into Adam. Ten years on, Tiger's done it. Cup, you know, Tiger's done it. Can Adam do it? No. No. Okay. Everyone expand on. No. Um, he's not playing great. Um, his strokes going to the green are outside the top 100. He's around the green. He's around 94th. He's, the best thing that he's doing that will fit this week is probably his driving distance, but he needs more than that this week. I don't mind him putting here as much as I, I get Especially in the very Especially concerned. the greens are going to be slow, right? Correct, yeah. <clears throat> the slower they are, the more he can just – you know, anchor and punch him at the middle of the punch him at the middle of the hole. Uh, I don't know. No, he's not anchoring. I'm joking. <coughs> well, Ross, actually, Ross's, head, Ross's head nearly popped then. <laughs> well, actually, the ball striking side of it. it Even his ball strike. Oh, I can double check that because I did have that in the numbers this week. Um, the new Mariah, Mariah Carey Irons. He's on the He's got it's a new set of Moira's in the bag pile. Have you Moira? I didn't get the video. That Sorry. You have get you watched that? the video on YouTube? Uh, no. Oh, they, no. he did a tour of yeah, the... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah it's pretty Adam good. Scott in balls. I can't pronounce it, so I'll just call it Mariah Carey. Miura? Miura. Miura. You didn't yeah. get that gag. You didn't get the yes. Moira's. Um, I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, he's Well, yeah. No, nah, his ball striking is no good either. So he's 173rd. You ne- well, you never know, right? Especially, you know, there's history with champions yeah. that have just... Uh, uh, Pull, pull a rabbit out of the hat. It's like Bernhard Longer in 1993, you know, Ben Crenshaw in 95, um, Jose in 99. 
There's well, a history of them doing it. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Um, okay, who else? Take over. Who else? Do we who else are we sort of looking at? There's only Cam, one other Aussie that you missed. Only, yeah. Only, yeah, Cam Smith. Well, I was going to sort of lead into. We should talk about the uh, the live. The live, the live bus. It's like the live bus is going to drive in and drop all the players off every day and pick them up at the end of the day. And you know they're all going to assemble there at the end there and, and storm the green if a live player wins. Uh, what a load of palaver that is! Like, you while, while you're talking about that, I'll just mention some breaking news. Oh, hello. Just the security of just being um, bolstered. The DP World Tour has won the sports resolutions arbitration hearing against live players whose £100,000 fines for playing in the inaugural Live London event have been upheld. They will be eligible for fining those players and they will be fine moving forward for playing in events where they are not given approval to play. There you go. Oops. Um, what a, oh, you know, like, oh, Jesus. Cameroon Smith. Um, Rocky, you go first and then I'll. Well, um, <clears throat> it's really hard for Mr. Mr. Mullet in terms of to get a guide on where he's at because even the, you know, what he's played this year. You know, so you think about he's, he's finished to 20, 2022 was really good. He played really well at the PGA. Um, but then, you know, the rest of the year, you know, we haven't really seen him any form. He's been playing in weaker fields. So we, we've got no guide or gauge. And we know he likes playing here, but is is he, you know, and we know it's like we're always, this form is a really key thing. You know, it's a probably makes up 80% of who's going to be sort of winning. And it's every now, you know, it's the luck that if someone just gets hot on a particular week and I just, I just can't see him. He might be a roundabout, but I don't think he's going to be tournament ready to be like at the hot end of the stick come Sunday. You ready for me to be the most unpopular person on this podcast with our listeners? Oh, 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 oh man, go. Cam Smith is an exceptional goal. And my mum's going to get so angry because she is so excited Cam Smith's going to be on TV this week. And that she was very excited she could pick him in teeps this week. Um, <laughs> 18 months ago, Cam Smith was a great Aussie player who wasn't quite getting it done on the PJ Tour, right? He was winning events. But, I mean, let's be honest, he'd won the Pairs event twice, okay? And then he had an absolutely breakout year last year, right? He won Tournament of Champions, won a Players' Championship, won an Open Championship, like, Three massive events to start with, let alone just looking bulletproof with the putter, right? Post that, he went to live. Great, cool. That's his decision. That's why Cam is. Good luck to him. Um, since then, he hasn't really played golf. Like, let's be honest. He played the Aussie PGA and he won, which is fantastic. But Fishing two weeks ago. Yeah. He won, He didn't didn't make the cut at the Aussie Open. Um, he won a, a live event, early doors. Um but we all sort of get hung up on this cam of 2022. And, I, and like you said, Rock, I, I don't know that it's there. And I can't – he could prove me very, very wrong. But in horse racing terms, you've got a guy who, who won a couple of group ones last year and he's been running around at Menangatang the last six months and had a run here and there and now he's running up for the Melbourne Cup. I just don't – I can't line it up. So I <laughs> – I can't tell you how he's going to go, he's, but I'm not filled with confidence. Not even running at a chuka. No, no. 
Not from all no. reports. The course this week at Live was supposed to be rubbish. <clears throat> but yeah, the, I, but I don't the know how to line it up. But the other thing that backs that up, right, is that we've seen this before where you'll have particular players will just get hot for yep. like 12 months and they make the most of it and then they come back to the pack. Yeah. Are they yeah, no, the ones definitely. that sustain it, right? Can definitely so if you look them. at Rory, you look at Ram, Scheffler's the one that's been the kind of the He's had that Jason Day 2015-2016 run and he's kind of – we're at that 12-month period. So what's the next six months? Is he going to maintain it? Where the mm. likes of Ram and Rory, they've been like – they're there all the time. Yeah. They're there all the time. And, and is Cam Smith one of those? Don't We don't know. That's oh. it. We just don't know. Have you? I mean, I don't know. No, lining up, especially Solly talks about Data Golf a lot, and I love Data Golf. Their website's amazing, but they do their own world golf rankings. Okay, so they, so people that are saying, "Oh no, that's because he's not playing. It's because he's only playing live." No, no, they they take into account all the live stuff, and they've they've got him ranked number twenty in the world. They, his official golf world ranking is number six, but they've got him at number twenty. And yeah. it's hard to say, no, that's not right, because above him. Scheffler, Rahm, McElroy, Cantlay, Finau, Shoffley, Homer, Jason Day, Cam Young, Hovland, Morikawa, Thomas, Im, Tyrrell Hatton's playing good golf, DJ's above him, which is mm, touch and go, Spieth, mm, touch and go, uh, Zalatoris has been injured, so he's probably not, Fitzpatrick, Burns and Smith are all around the same mark. I don't know. Yep. I'm uh, nervous you, for him. You'd have to say that's pretty fair based on... It's not miles away. Yeah. No, but, but again, not. we don't know. Yeah, if he'd been yeah. playing PJ Tour and had won already, we'd go, no, he'd need to be number one or two. But He's coming off the back of finishing last in Team Ripper. Like, yeah. It's the, you know, that's not exactly a show of form no. a week out of from their you know, biggest event of the year. He, the only Especially thing, when you've got events like that, right? Really, the, the players that are the that are the kind of the, the big names, they really should be like taking uh, all the money every almost like every week. But yeah. we've seen, especially this year, more than anything, the exception of Brooks, there's been no names near the top of any leaderboard no. this year whatsoever. They're all down the bottom. You know, but, are they weighed down by their bags of cash? <laughs> well, what's going in Cam's favour is his last handful of starts at the Masters: third, tenth, second, fifth, and fifty-first. That's got to upbraid him a bit, but you would think you absolutely. Know. That, that's the bit where you, that's that that's the unknown. That's the if I forget everything I've seen or not seen in the last six months, if I just look at how he plays the Masters, he's got to be a chance. Mm. But does that overweigh no super competitive reps, different golf? Can he just turn it on? I don't know. People say, oh, but he can. But can he? I, I don't know. Be very, very and, and, and Especially goes. if you think about depending on who comes up on that leaderboard, right? It's, mm. it's one thing for him to turn it on, but the thing is, oh, Who's he going to come up against, right? That's a the the the, the we'll call it the volume of players in form in twenty twenty three is completely different to twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two was quite sparse near the top. Scotty Sheffield was the one that sort of separated himself from the field, and then you had JT kind of at the end of the year. But if you look at the the top ten this year, the all of them have been in ripping form. Yeah, and you only need one or two of them up the top, and you know, just because yeah. he catches fire, he's going to have to go up against a couple other people that are just lighting it up. And I, I think a very big stern uh, warning to the listeners is if you are going to have an investment, um, have a wait, have a look at the tea times tomorrow, and have a look at the the weather because 
they are something that's going to play a big part in this. So if you think Cam Smith's a bit not sure, but then you find out that he's teeing off on you know Thursday afternoon when you know it's going to be a thunderstorm and he's going to be in and out of wet, wet weather and rain gear and um, his first round is going to be spread over two days, um, that might be the one thing that sets you against putting a putting a dollar on him. So just, oh, and then you've you got to then you've got a flip side. You've got to think about the ones in the afternoon, right? Because then they might have to come out also early and have a big delay on the Friday. Correct. They right? might so go. It almost doesn't play. matter. It almost doesn't matter what side exactly. Of the you might and you've get, got to got to take a bit of a punt. Hundred percent punt. So right now I'm looking at it and saying the guys that are out early Thursday, if they can get 18 holes in the bank and then go back to the hotel and relax or the house and relax, watch the afternoon guys battle it out for 36 holes spread over a day and a half, and then. Try and try and come out after that. You reckon it's going to be like that? Those first, like five to six groups. I think. I think that I'll be. I'm really am waiting. I'm, I'm not. I've had twenty five people message me for my picks, and I have literally. I'm waiting for the tea times to come out in the next few hours before I narrow it down. Finally, because of that reason. Because if it's going to be really, really, really bad Thursday, Arvo, I want someone who's in the house. I don't care if they've shot. Yeah, it's anything like around those, even like par, but they're 10, in and done. That first, those first 10 groups, right? And they don't do it the same way you do on a PGA Tour event where they flip it. They do it really quite weird. So you, yeah. even if you're first off on round one, you might not be the last off in round two. You, they do no. it slightly differently. So Yeah, you kind of it's like, like they lift it and shift it kind of. Yeah. So it's, it's like you're, if you're first off, you're actually in the middle of the day the next correct. day. Correct, yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. Where do the people that message you for your, um, some advice – uh, Mike, where do they all come from? Well, podcast listeners, or are they just your mates? Or um, a bit of everything. Some podcast listeners. I got a few people through Twitter. Got a few people that sort of um, follow the, the PGA Tour Bets um, Twitter account, so they sort of message me from all over the place, all around the world. Um, I've got friends. I've got a few people that bet, like most people that sort of invest on golf, might do it four times a year, and this is the week they do it. Um, so they all want to know who should I bet on. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's okay. it. Then we got the we've got the one more another podcast tomorrow morning for the little birdie guys. The little birdie guys are all in Augusta. So what? conveniently in, instead of me mm-hmm. being um being up normally doing a recording on a Wednesday at some point, it's Wednesday at seven o'clock in the morning, so they can get it done on a on a Tuesday night their time in Augusta. So the little birdie uh podcast studios down in South Melbourne there on uh, City Road. Yes. I've shipped himself off to Augusta. Yes, the boys are all in Augusta. They all flew over yesterday. And the, and they're just they're not even like a golf they, they don't even do golf specifically, right? No, they do the they do the majors. So I I I myself and a couple other boys, Marcus Fraser's brother. Yep. Um myself and uh, Nick Desky um do their their majors tips. So yeah. Nick Dasty Nick Nick Dasty. Tedeschi. I, I admit Tedeschi. Tedeschi. I thought you said Nick Dasty from the PJ Tour. Um, uh, I saw Marcus Fraser today, actually, the one you're talking about, Marcus Fraser's brother. Um, are you a bit dirty that they didn't take you as part of the uh, cohort to go across? No, 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 I think they, they asked at some point if I wanted to go, but no, I, I've. They, the, the, there's no masters on the cards this year. Okay. Too, oh. It's a very expensive trip. Because oh, the Ryder Cup's on the cards. That's right. Ryder Cup. I mean, if you've. You've got the tickets. We're ready to go. Okay, but no one's got no one's got tickets. You so. got the accommodation. The the Karidi the Karidi clan Karidi no, got the accommodation there's, there's over there. Plenty of hotels in Rome. Okay. All right. Is that the one you want to go to? 
I don't have tickets. Yeah, like I'm just. Uh, if you had to go to the Open or the or Ryder Cup, what would you pick at the moment? The Open or the Ryder Cup? Yep. Oh, Ryder Cup, comfortably. Okay. Right. No, no contest. Um, cool. Okay. Good luck getting tickets. Uh, anyone got any tickets to the Ryder Cup? Uh, send yeah. them to Mike. Just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Um, I think the cheapest tickets for the for just to put it in context. I did have access to Friday tickets, so the first round tickets for the Ryder Cup, and they were five hundred each, I think, and that was through the normal the, the Ryder Cup website. So, um, yeah, there's none around, and what is around are extremely expensive. Um, now, what about all the rest of these live guys? You know, we'll talk, come back and talk about some of the, the real favourites uh, in a second. But you know, the live cohort. There's eighteen of the live players that are that are. Um, eligible to play uh, I was joking there before that they are going to be on the green celebrating if there's a live player win- winning you know Cam Smith that was reported recently you know as early as a couple of hours ago that that was he didn't get that memo so maybe it was just another Greg uh, wind up um, saying that that's what they're going to do of course they're not going to do that um, you know are they all who's who's hating on who uh, Cam was saying that he's he was surprised with how many sort of warm welcomes he got hugs high fives you know back slaps and fist bumps uh when he walked on the range and he was a little bit nervous about that uh who were you know, who's not talking to who rocket well kevin nars not talking to me because he reckons i'm not he, he he believes that i'm not in the top 64 in my own job even though That's I've right, got an award that. to say that I'm <laughs> one of the best in the country last year and the current job I have now, I'm one of three globally. So Kevin Nah's never been anywhere near the top 20, so he can stick it up his bum. Did he block you? Um, oh, who cares? Oh, right, okay. Um, he's an idiot. <laughs> he had a go um, at you. It was great. <laughs> it's funny when he said, oh, you're not even probably the, you know, in top 64 in your own job. And I said, I've never been ranked that low in my life. <laughs> oh, dear. What an idiot! Oh well. Um, so who's who's yeah? How are they getting about there? Describe what you think the scenes would be. You know, like oh look, the, the, a lot of the players they'll be fine, right? And and some of the some of the the tension and stuff will be conflated. And a lot of media stuff, and then you know you got certain players that have made really dumb comments about you know the PGA Tour and you know. I don't know. So there'll be certain players that they just they'll have their own little groups and friends and stuff like that. And you know, we'll call it. It'll be cordial. There'll be certain ones that'll just not. Not. I won't speak to certain players, or they'll ignore them. And you know, it'll be interesting to see how the media there. You know, whether or not they've been sort of told don't ask too many questions around some of these things. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if it's like Rory and Patrick, right? You know, the Masters will be very, very careful making sure that those two are nowhere near each other because we just don't need another story or Patrick just being a petulant child. Um, and then from a playing perspective, like, again, it's like the Cam Smith thing. There's a lot of them that are playing and you just go, they're not really showing anything form-wise. You know, Brooks is, Brooks is probably the closest thing, right? The fact that he's kind of hit form, he's been kind of just... It's like a little bit of resurgence back into the brooks of old, just being a bit of a bit of an a-hole, you know, like he did at the hockey game a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, maybe and the way this tournament's gonna go, it's gonna separate a lot of people. So it might actually be one of his best chances to contend in a major again. So I'm pro- I probably think that he might do something. But outside of that, the rest of them, I, I 
I don't know, DJ, nothing, Phil. I, I don't know. This weather is probably going to blow him off the course. Is that spindly? Um, and then the rest of the players, they're just, you know, they're just so, they're just also rans at the moment. I, I can't, I, I don't know. They might, there's some might contend, but I, I, I again, I can't see it. Uh, Mike, do you have a list of the schedule of uh, the 18 live, Liveites that are uh, playing? Do you have who, who, which ones are playing? Yep. Uh, Cam Smith, DJ, Brooks, Neiman, Deschambo, Answer, Mido, Sergio, <laughs> Tom, Thomas Peters, Bubba, Taylor Gooch, Charles, Charles Swartzel, Kokrak, Swartzel, Mickelson, Nah, Harold Varner. Um, yeah. Lucy? Got, got to remember, you know, Liv, Liv spent a lot of money on a lot of no ones. Yeah. No, that, that's a, yeah, 100%. Middle of the road and guys that are on the downward spiral. But um, it wouldn't shock me to see DJ play well. We've already been through Cam Smith. Brooks, I don't think, will go well. Guys, like you got to remember, Neiman and Ants are, are, are elite. So is Mito, right? They could easily play well, but I'm not predicting they will. Um, the one who concerns me is Patrick Reed. He concerns me. As in, yeah, as in poten- potential the, win. Not potential win, but just... To be about just to be, be annoying. Yeah. yeah. You're just, not, uh, talking about Patrick Reed, you you bring it up. I heard that relative to the, nom- the um Stuff that isn't around the Augusta National Clubhouse. Now, this could be absolutely wrong, but mm-hmm. relative to previous past champion, past champions, and uh, the things that sit around the clubhouse that identify past champions, it was apparent to this, the person that told me that all or most of Patrick Reed stuff has been removed. It's not there. There's no sign of Patrick Reed in and around as a past champion. Um, at the Augusta National Clubhouse, that was that was told to me by someone who's had a pretty good look through the joint. Mm. He probably stole it himself. <laughs> um, yes. Well, you know, there's a lot of you know even pre-masters uh, history that goes with uh, him and around that area uh, in yes. his college background. So yeah, I think that was almost a, a nod to well, nothing to live. It was more about that. But they just um, yeah, there was no sort of reference of Patrick Reed anyway. There you go. While you talk about Patrick Reed, um, so he's going he's going to annoy you, right? He's going to get in the way of your your numbers because you you don't, you don't want to punt on him, do you? Oh no, no, I won't bet any of those guys. Yeah, no, no interest, and don't, I'm I'm not concerned about them um, winning. Uh, I, I don't think any of the eighteen can win. Well, sorry, I don't think any of the eighteen will win, but they could. Um, the live eighteen, um, yeah, don't know. I I I just find. Patrick, the sort of guy that um, obviously plays well here. Um, he's got a green jacket. He's just an annoying little man. And it wouldn't shock me to see him somehow peel off a couple of good rounds and be in the mix. Mm. But I don't think he'll win. But, yeah. He won't, he won't be annoying, but there won't, there won't be any controversy coming out. He's not going to throw a tea at no, Rory. No, one's, no, no. no, he's not going to do that. The only people that talk about there being a controversy is the media. And yep. I'm telling you now, it ain't happening. Yep. There's no way anyone... Is doing that at Augusta. Hmm. Like you, as a patron, as a golfer, you know better. Like 
they make people disappear. You are, you are not playing up there because <laughs> you are not getting invited back, whether you've got a green jacket or not. You're just not. They make people disappear. Those covert oh. cam- covert security cameras. Just ask like- Gary Player because of his son hijacking, son, yeah. hijacking the, um, the Lee Elder thing. I'm telling you now, I think I said to you guys last time, we were sitting outside the merchandise shop about to walk out of the event. So there's a really long road that goes out to Washington Ave. And this guy that was sitting, it was flat out busy, beautiful day, beautiful path, manicured grass, garden. And there's a guy that just sort of sat down. So there's a there's a chair and next to the chairs, um, just like a nature strip, right? He just sat down on the grass with his mate and just waited for their friends to come out. It was just people everywhere. And a security guard comes up and goes, excuse me, sir, can you stand, sit up, stand up, please? And you're not to be sitting there on the grass. Like, you don't mess around. There's no running. There's no yelling. It's it's very much you do, you don't play up. So there's there's no way Patrick Reid or any other level live guys are going to make deals of themselves. There's no way anyone's running on 18 grain. No chance. There's um, no, and there's no way Greg Norman's on the property. Zero percent chance. Because he hasn't been invited. And ain't getting a ticket. And even if he had a ticket, he wouldn't get in. Just wouldn't no, he hasn't, he hasn't got a ticket. Yeah. Mm. He's already complaining about it this week. Yeah. Mm. Uh, sad in a way, sort of, really. Uh, but uh, I know you guys... Oh, well, it's an easy way to fix it. He'd, he'd follow through on any of those wins. He would have had, had a ticket for life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What about uh, Tiger? Yeah, we see, we've seen Tiger. There's, there's going to be a lot of focus on Tiger. Will he make the cut? So will he win? No. Uh, will he make the cut? He still still looks like he's limping. He must that yeah. must be a permanent limp and uh, not that course and that many stop starts in the weather. Mm-hmm. Nah. If it was if without the weather, I'd give him a chance of making the cut. But um, no, nah, not in the rain and wet. It's hard he, enough because he has around. this because he already spends like nearly three hours just getting ready to play. We, we the year we were there. Um, we were there on course Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and the rain had sort of come on and off. Drizzle wasn't anything horrendous, and just walking around in the galleries was hard yards. People slipping over, and it's so hilly. Mm. Um, on that peg leg, he's gonna he'll really battle. Mm. Sadly, right. so we get to the point here. We're actually gonna come up with someone who we think is gonna win, or who we're gonna put in our teamsters. But who who is the most likely that won't win? Who 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 do you? Who do you think that people might be talking about that just ain't gonna win? Not doing it for you. Not on the not factoring on the uh, data lake, but just not gonna get it done. Um, Bernard Langer, <laughs> really going out on a limb there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give you one player that can't win. Can't uh, win. Can't win. Won't say Kevin Kisner. Um, Will Zalatoris. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say, oh. gee, there's a lot of guys that can win. I'll say Cam Smith. Cam Tony, Smith can't win. Tony Fina for me. Oh, I, I don't know. I like Tony. <laughs> I like Tony too. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? This weather, Mike, this is going to be a big Colin Morikawa test. 100%. Hundred. I was looking at that one. I was looking down the OWGR, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, no!" I think Colin. I think I think that rocket between, um, between yeah, I think I think Zalatoris is a, is a good one because he's really struggled since he's come back from injury from the operation. Uh, Morikawa in the weather is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and Cam Smith, I just don't know that he's got the reps. 
But Zalatoris, like you'd probably say, he's not going to win anyway, like because he can't, you know, because of the injury and all that sort of thing. Like, but you know, at least Tony's like you'd think he's got a chance. You like Tony, but I don't think he can win. And Morikawa yep. is probably a better one that can't, you know, like is likely but can't win because, you know, if he gets a bit blowy, you know, like yeah, he doesn't like the blowy stuff um, as much. So, so in the in the data in the data lake, Morikawa ranks number six and Finau ranks number seven. Um, mm. So they're right up the top. Who's fifteen? Who's fifteen on the dot? Taylor Moore. Wow. Uh, at two hundred to one. Um, value, right. value, <laughs> right? That done. There's, there's, a, there's a place. Yeah. All right, I'm going. I'm going on to it. Um, so, I never been the Masters, Taylor. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think why I like Tony better than Colin is I think they're both right up there and rate really well. Um, I think Tony is more of a chance to win here because I think Colin won't like the conditions. Uh, I think he'll struggle in the rain and the and the wind. Could be very wrong, but that that that's what my gut's telling me. Um, Tony has had a tenth here a couple of years back, fifth or two tenths and a fifth. Um, Colin had a fifth last year and an eighteenth, so um, probably had a little bit better form here. Tony, he's probably in my top top couple of picks at the moment that I've written down. So Tony, so I'm, I'm more for a place. I've just said that Tony Fina can't win, and you've got Tony Fina in your top couple. Top couple. I think he he's right now on my betting card before I see tea times and everything else. He's fighting out pick number five of five with um JT. They're they're they're, they're both um fighting out around the same sort of price in the market, twenty two, twenty six dollars somewhere in there. And I just want to put on record that that is nothing personal against Tony Fina. I think Tony Fina is a great golfer, mm. and I would love to see Tony Fina if Tony Fina won. You know, I'm not going to eat my words because I would love to see him win. And I would love to see the – you know what I love about Tony Fina? That is he drives a 4 by 4 Mercedes Sprinter van with all the family in the back. I love it. I would love to see the uh, Masters Trophy get piled into the 4 by 4 Sprinter van, driven back to Utah. Utah. And uh, and uh, that, that would be awesome. Um, so I do – I like Tony. I loved him on the uh, Full Swing uh, documentary – but I don't think I just don't think that he's kind of he will get it done. Sorry, Mike. Um, That's all right. But you know, on Sunday afternoon, mm. I'll tweet it. If Tony's like coming down the stretch and in the mix, bang! Don't be <laughs> messaging me or tweeting about great job, Tony. Because I'll go into full. I I'll only, set fire to your house. I am only thinking about myself and what I said <laughs> on this podcast mode and protecting my own image <laughs> as a. <laughs> He's trying to try to stop it. <laughs> um, okay, I learned my lesson. All right, I get it. Okay, uh, all right. So, my my who will win is is probably predicated on my strategy going into this tape time. So sitting seventh at seven million, got a bit of catch up. I said that I would keep the big names for the big money events. I've kept. I pulled the Scotty Scheffler card at the um, the uh, players one. The Rambo, I think I'm pulling the Rambo car this week. Yes. I think I just, I've got a feeling. So He I'm ranks gonna, number one in the data load. Oh, this really? Week. So yep. I'm, gonna, I'm pulling the Rambo car. Uh, I'm not pulling the Rambo car and thinking that I'm pulling the Ryan Fox car. I'm pulling the Rambo car. Um, I will. Or, the, or my mum pulling the Rambo car and it was Ryan Brem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately went through all last week and go, yeah, Ricky Fowler. I got Ricky Fowler in the teeth, the top 10. I, I should have picked Ryan Fox. 
Oh dear. Um, Foxy is playing too. Um, I, we've, he is. Yeah, he'd be good for a top twenty. Mm. You think so? <clears throat> yeah. Do you like Rocket? Um, my teepster is is the Scheffler because I think yes. he's a, probably the best chance to go back to back. Yes. But my money has been it's very emotional. So I jumped on Max at the end of last year, and I jumped on Day. A couple of weeks ago, I like my, it. My, my my Jason Day, and I'm looking at Max Homer. He's number five in the world. I number know. five in the world. I know. God, I'm um, a scout. Rocket, you and I are handcuffed because uh, yeah, I have also pulled the Scheffler card this week in Teepstar, so oh. I, I think he's a, a good chance to go back to back. Um, but I and he's in my picks, but I, I just won't. I won't have any money on him because he's just too short. Um, I have got one long-term investment in from a few weeks ago, which is still sitting there, which is Cameron Young, um, Ooh, which I'm not, not against because that was at 55. That's really good. Yeah, $55 he was. Strokes gain caddy. Stroke, exactly. That's why I did it. It was literally the day that he got Portasori on the bag and I went, you know what, if he plays well this week, his odds – for the Masters good might come caddy in. to have on the bag too. Webb Simpson's old caddy. That's Oof. it. And I said to um, and I, on Twitter, I tweeted it. And I said it was around November. I said next year, in every major, I'm back in Cameron Young and Tony Fee now. So I will have something on Tony. Um, but the guys that I'm looking at are probably very similar to the ones that that Rocket said. So Max Homer ranks number two. Um, my really? Only, yeah. My only. Cons- <laughs> well, I'll run through the top couple there, just and I'll. I'll I haven't nailed down who I'm betting yet, so I can't give you that answer. But John Rahm's on top. I will not bet John Rahm. Um, my gut says to me, I don't think he can win. I don't know why, and I probably won't have him. Max Homer's number two, and there's a good chance I'll invest on Max. Um, my only concern is he just hasn't performed in majors yet, but maybe Correct. this is the time. Uh, will Zalatoris ranks number three, but Will is injured, and as much as everything says he and plays no well here and does everything, his form coming in's no good, so he won't have any money. Uh, Paddy Ice, number four. Um, <laughs> look, he's a robot. I, I, I can't read him. I can't tell. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. Everything says here that he's going to go quite well, and to be honest, he's probably going to get some of my money at some point. The next player, I'm not going to tell you who it is for the minute. I'm going to come back to him and then number, who's number five on the list because he's going to be my proper sneaky bet this week. Uh, Colin Morikawa, number six. Finau, we've been through as well. Then Rory. Rory's another one that I just don't think he gets it done at Augusta. He hasn't done it yet. I don't, don't predict he's going to do it this week. Um, Xander always stacks up really well here. He comes up next, but he just never seems to be able to close the door. But he has been playing good the last couple of weeks. And the next one, Sung Jaim. Um, who again had good reasonable form here, um, probably in line with with Cam Smith. Um, but the one who's sitting in the middle is Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama oh. is a really big price. Um, hits the ball long enough, good strokes gained, um, going to have all those great long irons into greens. He's around 100 to 1, and he will want absolutely be a bet that I'll be putting on for like a top 20 and a top 10. I think for a top 10, he's paying about $9. Um, so he's someone that I'm going to find some way to invest in at some point. Um, but other than him, it'll be those other guys. I'll, I'll be picking someone out of there. And at the moment, it, it, with Scheffler being short, even being him being my number one pick, I'll probably be working around Homer, Cantlay, 
maybe Jason Doe. Kurt Kitayama Rocket, do you remember when we were sort of t- talking about Kurt Kitayama in the European tour going, who's Kurt Kitayama? Have you ever heard about him? And then, no, they, they no make, I can't. You can't remember? He, like he, he popped up and asked, Kurt Kitayama. Uh, anyway, um, good tips, Mike. There you go. Will people be able to find those? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll post them on the – once I see the tea times, I'll put up the tips. I'll put up all of our picks, actually. Um, okay. I'll put up who, who we said can win and can't win. So and, then um, so then a couple more to sort of consider, I guess, you know, outsiders. Who is, who is, who is an outsider bet? Who do you think that – you know, don't be surprised if we see this person there or thereabouts. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Kitayama for me. Okay. He's he's at a hundred to one. Um, I don't think anyone would sort of have him in their top. I don't think anyone's got him in the top couple. Um, but for me, he stacks up just to give you his numbers. To to give you an example, um, his rolled up numbers are sitting right in the middle of all those top top ten players. And I mean, right now, I think he's probably sitting in top twenty in the world still. Um, he's ranked fifty seventh in ball striking, forty eight tee to green. Tee to green's a really big stat this week. Uh, 54, 55th around the green. And then he's very good with the long line. So the strokes can approach between, say, 175 to 200. He's ranked 44th. And from 200 to 225, he's ranked 19th. And driving distance is 33rd. So he's going to get it out there for a little bloke. He really moves the ball. Um, I'm not concerned about putting this week. I think everyone will be leveled out with the wet greens or the, you know, not as, um, not as fire hot. Um, he's not been here, right? So the last person to win here as a first was Fuzzy in 77. So he's probably not going to win, but that's okay. He can finish top 10 and I'll be comfortable with that. If I had to pick uh, an outside, I'm not sure if I could pick one or two. Um, one's a bit of a heart bet, Shane Lowry. Not no, no, not carrying any form, I guess, but uh, I think Shane will win something at some stage in a big event again. Um Outsider, uh, but then uh, Hideki, where does Hideki sort of rate at the moment? Hideki's a funny one just because, again, he's sort of been a little bit injured. Mm. I mean, obviously, he's played well here over the years. Um, he finished 15th at the Valero, 30th in the match play, 5th back at the players before that. So that was a little while ago. Uh, 14th at the Masters last year, one the year before, 13th, and he's had a 19th, 11th, 7th, or 5th. Like he's, he's had some great results here. Um, his ball striking this year is down, which has probably been one of his better stats. He's ranked 125th, but he hasn't really playing as much. Um, and I'm not sold that his long lines are gonna gonna be in in the mix with the other guys. Um, he's around the greens fine, but yeah, I'm um he's he's not gonna be on my list just because again, I'm not I'm not convinced he's fit. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That's what I think. My outsider is Mr. Scott. Okay. Oh, okay. He's going to have Stevie Boy back on the back. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So, Scotty, your outsider, and Jason Day, your best Aussie, then? Mm-hmm. I'm going Minwoo, best Aussie. Mike, who are you going, best Aussie? Um, I'm up like Minwoo as well. Okay. Yeah. Only because I think Jay Day's going better, but I'm just concerned about his body, even though Rocket loves his body. <laughs> have ailment will play uh gents i'm pretty sure that an hour 43 and uh as comprehensively as we can both preview the week's events in the lead up to the masters and then talk about all of the things that we've experienced uh 
in our lives as Masters fans, but um, then talking about what we know and love about uh, the players, I think we've covered most of it. Rock, it's been great to have you back. Ah, it's been awesome to be back. Do you think uh, you, know, you might jump back in a bit more often or, you know? See how I go. Yeah, see, see how I go. Uh, cut pod, any any opportunities for cut pods this week or no? Is it, you know, like... Not sure. Not Again, sure. see how I go because... Maybe. I think on that day, it's um, on the road caravanning. So it's Saturday, Easter Saturday. I'll be at work. Yeah, is that the 8th? It's the day after Good Friday. Yeah, I think, yeah, we'll see. Might not be a straight after. It might be something later. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I go. What Masters hat is that, Mike? Is that a flex fit, high peak sort of one? It's the caddy hat. The caddy hat. Okay. That's a, yeah. good... that's did... a felt sort of um, one they give the caddies. Did you, can you buy them or did you have to pinch it? No, I stole it from a caddy. Good no, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it this way. This is how cautious I was. We were on the back of 10 green and they were... Um, cutting the greens, like just with a little mower, and they put the flag on the side of the rope and lent it on the rope. And I didn't even have the gut to touch the flag. I was concerned about getting kicked off the course, <laughs> and it was like right there in front of me. So good. So I certainly didn't steal a caddy's hat. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Please, I'm going to have to escort you off the property. You have touched, you have touched the flag. You thought you thought about touching the flag. <laughs> I took a photo of it. <laughs> Because it was the one day you could take a camera in on a practice day. And that was it. And that was as close as I got to it. Ah, oh dear. The, the way that these uh, this game makes us behave and the things that uh, we do for the love of golf. And that's why we've sat here talking for an hour and 46 minutes about the love of golf. Mike's raising his finger. There's one thing I forgot. He's got more to bring, more to give. No, only one thing. That we, I'd be remiss oh, if yes. I didn't say. Yes. Happy birthday to Matthew Mollica. Oh. 50 today, bringing up the half century. So really? happy birthday, Matt. Yes. Well, uh, he kept that very quiet. I didn't believe him when he told me 50. I did not believe that at all. He reckons it's the Keezer stuff. I said, I'll go to Keezer and I think you look younger than I do, so I'm a bit concerned. Mate, he's in ripping condition. He's in great, Nick. He's, in, he's very fit. Cheapest. He's just a model of consistency in terms of condition. Mm. Uh, great podcast, the Australian Golf Passport podcast. I always struggle on Australian golf. Passport I got a podcast. I got a shout out on the podcast this week. You did, you did, you I did, did. You did. I, I was I heard it on the weekend and sent him a message. I said they mentioned the fact that I drove the ninth hole at Lonsdale Links, which is true. But Matt said that I made the putt for eagle, but I didn't. That's not true. <laughs> so I must be confusing it with Barn Boogle. <laughs> I, I sent Matt a note. Scene of the crime. Sorry, Greatest I, golfing crime in history. <laughs> what? Well, because just because I didn't fly the drone over at the appropriate moment. <laughs> yeah, and you're taking photos in down in the bloody fourth or fifth hole or whatever it was, the fifth hole. But, I don't know what you're doing. But I, I got the moment about 35 seconds after or before. I got one of the two moments either side of it. But uh, um, Rocket jumping in the air to high-five me before uh, it even touched the hole, I think. <laughs> uh, if you do want to learn about um, some great Australian golf courses, listen to Matt and Scott on the Australian Golf Passport podcast. Um, he did give you a shout-out and talked about the Bellarine Peninsula and uh, one of your favourite courses, Lonsdale Links, and uh, Scott went into it in very uh, elite detail. Um, the the Tassie one is the one I enjoyed because they got to talk about a few courses. I wish they told me they were going down there. I could have given them some inside running on a few places. One they talked about. Being uh, Eldersley Golf Club, uh, my great grandfather is one of the founding members. 
there you go. I hope, uh, um, I'm sure they'll do a Peninsula Kingswood podcast and find someone else other than me to talk to, but that's all right as well. <laughs> that's okay as well. Yeah, um, they've got to keep the podcast under an hour. <laughs> yeah. Two hours. Hey. <laughs> they want another detail. Um, no, Two courses. Exactly right. No, they'd only talk about one. Um, very good, guys. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be a great week. The Masters, it's the one that we all look forward to. It's the one that we stay up late for, get up early for. I'm going to tune into what's going to be on, on. Hurry up. Let's wrap this up because, like, on the range is like on now. I'm missing stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Good luck with all your Masters tips and uh, keep us informed as you go. Jump into the Discord, see the chat, see the banter between uh, the live team and the non live team. And uh, it's all fun sport and it's all in the love of golf. That's why we do it. Um, uh, we'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. And also don't forget to tune in for episode two with myself and Brad Clifton talking about Adam Scott's 10th anniversary and some of the other great things that are happening in golf in Australia this year that you can read about in this month's uh, Golf Digest. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.